0: Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Behold, all who kindle a fire and equip yourselves with burning torches. Walk by the light of your fire and by the torches that you have kindled. This has been from my hand. You shall lie down in torment. It's Isaiah 10, or 50, verse 10 and 11. And a start warning, uh, a reminder, to cling to the voice of the servant, the great servant of, of Isaiah. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in the moments to come. Uh, and, and not to kindle our own torches, not to cling to the things of the world, not to, to, to fashion idols, to find comfort, only disappoint. We're going to look at it these two separations here, we're going to back up to to verse 20 and put that together with verse 21 here in in our passage, our our final concluding verses in 1 John chapter 5, and look at the the authentic versus the counterfeit. And just to kind of bring an illustration to your mind, think of a, a ship that's uh, coming into uh, the harbor and a, a treacherous harbor where there's different dangers there and there's a stead and, and sure, steadfast and sure uh, lighthouse there that, that provides the, uh, the path to come through into the harbor. If you remain on that path steadfast and, and follow the, the light that is shining forth from the lighthouse you'll make it safely into the harbor. A ship, though, deciding to take it upon themselves and not trust in the, in the lighthouse, uh, kindle their own lamp, and hold it out in front of the, the ship to provide the, the luminary for safe passage, which ends in destruction as it's, it's, it's dim and, and not able to, to suffice and not able to provide the way. So that'd be a, a, a visual picture of trusting in a counterfeit which is conjured up by, by man versus trusting in in the, the authentic lighthouse, the light the, that sheds light upon the path in which we are called to walk. And so this morning, as always, to take heed of the perfect inner Word of God and again, we're backing up to verse 20 and we're going to put 20 and 21 together here this morning. So verse 20 says, And we know, we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we... We thank you for, for this letter of First John. Thank you for this great uh, word of insurance and encouragement that you have given and preserved for us. Father, help us as, as we come to a conclusion here as we close this letter that each and every truth has been pressed upon our heart do we've gained the assurance if, if those who struggled with assurance that they've come to full assurance and in, in knowing that it is finished and that they are placed in, in the hands of you? The sure and steadfast lighthouse. Father, help us to, to Put up barriers and help us to to flee from idols. Father, search our hearts. Search each and every cavity of our heart and and reveal to us if there's any idols, if there's anything that that draws our attention away from you. Pray your spirit makes that known. That presses that conviction upon our hearts. And then we rely rely upon his power to to purge in knowing that that those revealed idols in our lives have been placed upon Christ on the cross. Help us to always remember that and cling to the cross and cling to our Savior. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. The authentic. So we're going to look at the authentic uh, aspect of this passage here and just be reminded of, of... Pilate, right? He asked the question, What is truth? Standing next to the very Word of God, standing next to the the truth, the true God, that of Christ. And so John says here, We know, we know that the Son of God has come. That word know, we've been highlighting it throughout this entire letter. Uh, There's actually a couple different uh, Greek words that come through to our English as know. This one is adaman, which means it's, it's a word, it's a, it's a head knowledge or a, an intellectual knowledge that we've come to understand. It's, it's been pressed upon our minds and, and we've came to know. It says we know that the Son of God has come. He has come. He has come and he has been made manifest to us. John, he, he kind of puts a bookends here of of seeing and, and, and touching and, and, and feeling and, and, and being right there with Christ as he opens up this letter in 1 John. It says he's been made manifest. And he closes this with, well, we know we, we know that the Son of God has come. He has come. So he starts with, he has come, and he ends with, he has come. We look at that in, in light of the apostles' lives lives because at the beginning of this letter he says we we know we have touched we have felt we've heard and that we that he's talking about is is the apostles just look at their lives look at the lives of the apostles as we we reach back 2000 years and just see the lives in which uh, they were called to they they gave their lives and all of them to martyrdom except for John who in church tradition was boiled alive in Ephesus but yet escaped through God's providence penned these letters penned the book of Revelation gave his life as a living sacrifice a testimony to Christ has come He's been giving their lives for, for no, no gain other than the great prize of Christ. And we're trying to gain any worldly status or, or merit or or fame or anything of that sort. So John here, he's underscoring to us that, that the one who who have been long waited for, he has come, the Messiah, he, he has come. The one who... All the law and the prophets and the Psalms all speak of. The one uh, who would come and, and fulfill all righteousness. The one who would sit on the eternal throne of David. The one who would deliver his people. The, the true Israel. The true servant. There's three servants that we see in the book of Isaiah. He patterns them out here and the first would be Israel itself a national Israel they were called to, to, to be a light unto the world but yet failed There's a second servant and that of David a king, a good king but yet fell short of God's glorious standard fell short he died. He's an eternal king. Then we have the true servant, the greater servant that we see here in Isaiah. There's there's four servant songs, songs in Isaiah. I'm just gonna read the first one. It's four verses here in, in Isaiah forty two. It says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, and whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift his voice or make it heard in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. It's quoted, quoted in Matthew 12, verse 18 through 20, speaking of our Lord, speaking of Christ, the the, the true servant, the true Israel, the one who who came and fulfilled all that national Israel could not. And so when we look to the passages like, like Hosea, chapter 11, verse 1, it says, When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. Who is that? Who is that That Israel? Is that, is that national Israel? Is that, is that Jacob? No. That is our Lord. That is our Lord. Quoted in Matthew 2, speaking of our Lord. Out of Egypt, called my son. The son of God is... Israel is the true Israel and so what is what does all that mean what does that mean for you what does that mean for me it's a great assurance it is a great assurance in in knowing that that has all been fulfilled in Christ and we are in him who is true John says "We are in him who is true we are in him who is true Israel We abide in him as he abides in us. We are a part of Israel. We belong to Israel. We belong to Christ, adopted as heirs to the promise. So whether Jew or Greek, all all who believe in Christ have been reconciled into one body, true Israel. We can become part of the true Israel, the spiritual Israel. So, all those by faith receive the promise of God. It is by faith. It is by faith one enters into the covenant blessings of eternal life. The ultimate covenant blessing, eternal life. I remind you of a verse that I don't read very often. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son true Israel so whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life eternal life this this good news of the gospel tells us that that all all who believe in Christ are part of true Israel they're part of Christ abide in him as he abides in us we are in Christ. we share in the same privileges and relationship that He enjoys as God's true Son. Oh. We are not sons of God by nature. You be reminded of that. That's a, a, a false theology that you'll probably hear if have not already heard. And they take the, the image of Christ, or the image of God that, that, that we are made through the image of God, made in the image of God, and misinterpret that as being God's children. No. By nature, we are not sons of God. Rather, we are sons of God by adoption. Through this, this eternal adoption, is we become beloved children. In Christ, through Christ, Christ alone. Therefore, we inherit all, all the promises that are given to old covenant Israel. They're fulfilled in our Lord. Those promises of God that, that Israel would, would roll over her enemies, enjoy abundant covenant blessings. Those who are in Christ will, will stand triumphant because he is triumphant. Those promises are are for all, all of God's people, the the, the true Israel of God. Both Jews, Gentiles, united, united as as one in Christ, by faith and in faith alone. So in him, we too are, are part of spiritual Israel. We're part of of the true Israel of God. Heirs of of all the glorious destiny promises of God's people. Therefore, knowing that we are are his sheepfold, we can rejoice. We can rejoice as Paul rejoices in, in whatever situation. As Zephaniah proclaims, it says, sing, sing aloud, o, o daughters of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exalt with all your heart. The Lord has taken away the judgment against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. Zephaniah 3. Oh, what a great and glorious proclamation. What a great and glorious proclamation that, that Zephaniah could proclaim. What a great and glorious proclamation that, that we can proclaim. She so says, the sons of God, this is John here, the sons of God, has son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. We may know him who is true. This is Different Greek word that we may know. Gnosko. It's an experiential knowledge. Christ has come so that we can experience Christ. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. For in him the the whole fullness of deity dwells. So what John is proclaiming is that that we have obtained through Christ a sure knowledge. It is a sure knowledge of the true God. Therefore we have no need to, to fluctuate in uncertainty. We have come to know the sure and steadfast Lord. So therefore... We can be sure and steadfast ourselves because he abides in us and we in him the father has sent his son the, the the pinnacle of history all before was was pointing to the cross and we point back to the cross everything redemptive history beelines straight for the cross God's ultimate climatic revelation given to the world. His very own son. Revealing so many things. One, revealing the necessity of, of a sacrifice that is needed for the sins of the world. We know the blood of of goats and bulls could never satisfy. It could never satisfy. An eternal weight could never be lifted by the blood of a mere animal. Could never be lifted by the works of a mere man. Required the God-man. Truly God and truly man. It required an eternal being to lift an eternal weight. God's very own Son, the Lamb of God, without spot, without blemish, perfect, fulfilling all righteousness. It's through the Son, through the Son, we, we come to know the Father. Through the Son, we come to know the Holy Spirit. Through the Son, we know the true God. They're all of one essence. One essence, which is why John proclaims emphatically that that Jesus has made known him who is true. And he says that, that he, speaking of Jesus, is the true God. You cannot know the Father without knowing the Son and knowing the Holy Spirit. You cannot know the Son without knowing the Father and the Holy Spirit. You cannot know the Holy Spirit without knowing the Father and the Son. One essence, through Christ, his ministry, his His death, his burial, his resurrection. We are made known the true God. On that cross, we we are revealed a a plethora of things. Perfect wrath, as the Father accredited our, our sins to the Son. To his very own son. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. In that, we see perfect justice. Christ being both the just and the justifier. Perfect justice was settled for all those who put their faith in Christ, past, present, future. We see perfect love. Perfect love, as John proclaimed to us earlier, in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us. He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. We could go on and on and on on the things in which were revealed to us on the cross. Revealed to us of the true God, of who He is, His attributes, His character his love, his light. We've been made known the true God whom is the, the true Israel, who is the true servant, who is the true king, who is the true prophet, who is the true priest. Jesus is the true God and eternal life. Listen listen to the heart of, of this Puritan. It says this, O God of all grace, thou hast given me a savior, produced in me a faith to live by him, to make him all my desires, all my hope, all my glory. May I enter him as my refuge, build on him as my foundation, walk in him as my way, follow him as my guide, conform to him as my example, receive his instructions as my prophet. Rely on his intercession as my high priest. Obey him as my king. Christ fulfilled all those things. It's the high prophet, high priest, the king of kings. That is our Lord. That is the one who's been revealed to us. This is the true God, the only way the only truth, the only life, eternal life. Eternal life can be found nowhere else, only through the Son. The gateway for adoption into spiritual Israel, into to His kingdom, is through the true Israel, who is Christ. This is He who is the authentic. There are many counterfeits, many many counterfeits that that seek to lure you away from the truth there are many counterfeits that compete for the intention and the worship that belongs only only to the one who is worthy this is the battle this is the spiritual battle This is the world that we live in. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. There's so many things reaching and grabbing and clawing and trying to pull our attention away from Christ. Like you teenagers probably have it, the attack the most, from so many different angles so it's so imperative that we know who is the true God who is the true God we must know him when we know him and we learn more and more of him and his attributes and who he is these idols these things that reach for our attention they just fall by the wayside nothing compares to the true God. Nothing. So blessed be our God that, that he has made himself known. He has made himself known. And so therefore the counterfeit stands out like, like a sore thumb. When you know who he who is true... While there may be times where we can be grabbed and pulled down by counterfeits, well, he is who is true will, will pull you through that. He'll continue to reveal himself to you. And you'll realize that idols that perhaps have been in your life for so long, as he refines and molds you, things you didn't even realize were there. As Calvin, he once said, the light which Christ kindles within the heart of his people and which when once kindled is never extinguished. Though in some, it may for a time be smothered. That's why John gives this warning. He gives this warning, little children, keep yourselves from idols. It is very, very, Strange way to end a letter comparatively. He's drawing our minds to this this stark contrast of he who is true. And because we know he who is true, John he exhorts he exhorts us to to keep ourselves from anything that'll draw our attention away from Christ. Draw our attention away from the one who took us, who who were on the course of the world, dead in our trespasses and made us alive in Christ. Notice he says little children. That phrase that John uses a lot. Like a dozen times he uses it. Speaking of believers. So he's saying that you as a believer can get snared in idols. You have the ability to be snared by idols. You're not immune to this. Deuteronomy 20. The Ten Commandments. You have no other gods before me. You should not make yourself a, a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath for that is in the waters under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. This, this commandment reveals an important detail about man. We are created to worship. It is infused in us. Each and every person walking this earth is, is infused with the desire to worship. It's part of our very being. So in that, we must be very vigilant, must be cautious, as, as John here cautions us. If one is not worshiping the true God, then by default, they worship the, the mundane. Something that is false. John, proclaims that, that you know him who is true. You know who him who, who is the only one worthy of worship. Eternal life resides nowhere else. As John, he reminded us earlier in chapter 2, the world is passing away. The world is passing away along with its desires. This includes idols. The desires of the flesh. Anything that is placed first before the true God is an idol. Whether it's a job, a status, money, hobbies, even family. Anything we place before our God is an idol. And he warns this to believers. Little children since we know that the true God who is light, and who is love, he abides in us. He abides in you and you in him. Therefore, let the light and the love of God guard you. Guard you against any, in all counterfeits. Flee from the false uh, gods and in the in the in the idols of the pagan world. Flee from idols. Whatever may be, search your heart. What draws your attention away from God? What pulls you away from, from worshiping your Savior? Nothing compares to the true and the living God the one whom you belong reminded of the the song that we sang earlier he's faithful even when we're not even if we come to the place where we realize that I've been gripped for so long by idols my attention has been drawn and pulled away Johnny says a reminder that, that he writes these things so that we may not sin. But if we do sin, we have a great advocate. We have a great advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus. We have a great advocate that we can take our, our, the things that, that we've been revealed to us through the Spirit, the, the idols that are in our lives, and, and cast them onto Christ. He bore those sins. He's already bore those sins upon himself. So, therefore, this exhortation, this call to to not delight in in your God by anything in which He prescribes in Scripture. Do not delight in your God by statues or, or images which share and compete for His worship. We live in a very idolatrous world, very idolatrous country. We see that all the time of images of our God. They do not compare to who our God is. Our God is an incomprehensible spirit. It It is... disgraced by by such invalid representations. Our God is a jealous God. He's a jealous God because he's the only one that is worthy of being jealous. He can be jealous because he is worthy of our worship. Through the shed blood of, of Christ Be reminded, He has clothed you in righteousness. His holiness accredited to you. Our God calls you holy. He calls you holy, set apart. He has set you apart through the blood of His Son. He calls you out from the ways of the world. He calls us all out from the ways of the world. Idolatry. Paganism. Separated. Set apart. As Paul says, to be crucified to the world. The territory of your heart, the, the, the landscape of your soul belongs to the king of kings belongs to him so let us not allow one parcel to be given over to idolatry may the fortress of your heart be guarded guarded by the the spirit of truth which is the word to be saturated with the word be saturated in prayer Saturated in worship of the true God. Our allegiance is is due only to God. So therefore, this this calling to to raise the banner on on every facet of our lives. Jehovah Messiah. The Lord is my banner. Is the Lord your banner? Is he the banner in, in, in every facet of your life? Is he the banner that, that drapes your house? You see the insignia that you wear to work? This is mark upon your hobbies. As Paul says to the Philippians, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let your manner of life, which the literal Greek is your citizenship, let your citizenship be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Where, be reminded of where your citizenship is. It is not of the world. It is not of of. The, the the pagan and an idolatrous world oh, it is it's kept in heaven your citizenship is is not of this world so as we look upon this warning this encouragement from John to keep yourselves from from any and all counterfeit. Knowing that, that we all fall short at some point in time in this. We all do. I think majority of us, all of us fall short in this in in moments of time throughout the week, even. Where our minds are drawn away from where we want our mind, like where we desire our minds even to be. It's a great, great reminder to us what Christ has done and His promises. That there will be a day where, where our minds will be completely purged from the world. When He appears, we will be like Him, Christ, not in divinity, but sinless, We will no longer see things dimly through a mirror we will see Christ for who he is truly who he is complete unveiled faces our hearts will be set upon pure and perfect worship for all of eternity our hearts will never again be drawn away Our heart's desire will be complete. It will bring us to completion. So the God in whom you have known, He has he, he, been made known to you. The One who has been made known to you, our God. It is He whom needed you in your mother's womb. It is He who has kept you in His infinite mind since infinities past. It is He who redeemed you by His Son. It is He who sent the gospel message to you. Through His providence placed somebody before you to share the gospel to you. That is our God. That is the one who is worthy of worship. It is He who pardoned your sins. It is He who caused you to be born again by His Spirit. It is He who who granted you eternal life. It is He who who grafted you in to the true Israel. So therefore, cling to Him. Cleave to Him. Cling to Him in faith, in, in love, in obedience to Him who is the Lord of glory. Stand in opposition. Stand in opposition to, to all things that would alienate your mind and your heart from Him. So to this loving and true God, the only loving and true God, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This morning as we partake in communion, there's such a glorious reminder each and every week of of what Christ has done. And to remember him, to remember his his body he has given, to, to remember the blood that has been poured out. remember his redeeming work on the cross as our savior stood in our place as he as he stood in our stead taking upon himself the just punishment in which we deserve remember what that included included any fragment, any bit, any part of idolatry that has been in our lives that may perhaps be in your life right now or that could snare you in the future. Let that stark reminder encourage you and drive you to to mortify the deeds of the flesh. To to put to death the the idols in your life that Christ has has took upon himself on the cross. Knowing that as they're revealed in your life that, that Christ has already taken them. So through his power, through his spirit, mortify. Mortify the deeds of the flesh. Put up every barrier, every obstacle you can to guard yourself from idols. The sword of the Spirit, the word of truth. Saturated in the word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for for the protection, the protection of of your Spirit. The protection that comes through the sacrifice of your son. Knowing that he took upon himself each and every sin in, in our lives. Each and every sin, past, present, and future. Help us rest in, in knowing that truth. That truth that has been revealed by, by you, the true God. Father, may we rejoice uh, continuously throughout this week and in this moment as we partake in the Lord's Supper. As we glean and smile with joy in and, and knowing that we have a great Savior. We have a, a great high priest, prophet, and king. Father, I pray you bless these elements. Set them aside for holy use. And then we pray, taking him in such a manner. And let us rest on knowing that, that only through the blood of your Son that you have made us holy. That you have closed us with righteousness in the holiness in which is your Son. And we pray this in his precious name. Amen.